We interrupt your special announcement to bring you this regularly scheduled programming. If you need to be told which end of the sword goes where, you haven't been paying attention. Hey, it's Coolio if you don't know, and welcome to another episode of Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. It is, uh, is kind of dreary outside, isn't it? That's okay. It's, it's still the weekend, guys. It's 5 p.m. It's Friday. It is time to just sit back and relax and see what's going on over at lowbiasgaming.net, shall we? Uh, when was that last episode? That was on the 21st. So, since then, we have uh, two new episodes of Final Fantasy VII from our good buddy Jason. Uh, Scarlet's back on the scene with three new episodes of Orphan Scion of Sorcery, uh, four new episodes of Darkest Dungeon, and uh, a new Let's Play, four new episodes of Icy, which was part of the Low Bias Monthly for September. Uh, games that are a little bit meta and break the fourth wall. Uh, Jason, with two new episodes of Metal Gear, I think there's one episode left if I'm not mistaken. Oh, there it is. Uh, Actually, five new episodes of Metal Gear. My bad. Jade Pharaoh brings us another episode from his streaming series. This time is Shantae and the Pirate's Curse. There are six videos there for your perusal. Uh, Jason brings us two new episodes of Little King's Story. Uh, Scarlet with, um, well, kind of early, actually. I think that's his low bias monthly for next month. Yeah, it is. Uh, Western Games will be the theme for October 2018, and uh, Jade has brought us Mad Dog McCree for that, along with uh, some guest commentary from our good buddy Jason. Uh, and uh, Jason with two more episodes of Little King's... Okay, well, that's... So four episodes of Little King's Story, I guess, is what we're going for here. Um, all sorts of good stuff. We have another episode of Mystery Science Theater. It is um, the episode Gunsling. I thought that was already up there. But we'll have um, more information on Mystery Science Theater as the episode goes by. And you'll just see what that means. Um, so yeah, let's get this thing started with a little bit of music. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. You know what time it is. Yo, homie. Peep beer. Tempo. And check it out. You know he makes it funky. And he's good to go. Oh. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That song was by Masayoshi Ichi and Hiroyuki Hamada, and it is the title theme for today's game from the archives. Mm-hmm. 
King Dirge is trying to steal the rhythm out of planet Rhythmia. It is up to Tempo, the hyper-grooving grasshopper with special sound energy to save the world of music from the evil clutches of King Dirge. This is Tempo. It's an action platformer game for the 32X developed by Red Entertainment and published by Sega and released in 1995. It is... <laughs> kind of an interesting uh, platformer. It's super cute and all, but it's also really not easy. In fact, one might call it hard, even on the easiest difficulty. I have a video up for it for the Low Bias Monthly for February 2018 um, with main characters that make you go, aww. So yeah, that is on the website lowbiasgaming.net. Check it out. That was 90% a fix fail by Commissar, and you're listening to uh, Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. <laughs> and
and welcome back to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. And it is time, of course, for the news of the weird. As previously stated, I am looking for something similar to news of the weird, but not news of the weird itself, so that I'm not reading the same news as Jason from electric leftovers necessarily if you have any suggestions feel free to leave them on the show's twitter at square sim s-y-m as usual i do not read these stories ahead of time and some of these might not jive well with all audiences this segment is about 12 to 14 minutes long so take that as you will our lead story family values lawrence mitchell 53 gets this week's most helpful dad award for graciously driving his 15 year old son and the son's girlfriend also 15 to a port st lucie florida park on September 6th so they could do their thing, as Mitchell described it. The Smoking Gun reported that when Port St. Lucie po- uh, police officer Clayton Baldwin approached Mitchell's car on 11:30 around 11.30 p.m. after the park had closed, Mitchell told him the kids aren't out there stealing, they're just having sex. <clears throat> they could be out there doing worse. When the teenagers returned from the nearby soccer field, Mitchell's son told the officer they were just smoking and other things. Mitchell was charged with contributing to the delinquency of a minor, a misdemeanor. Compelling explanations. There are two of these stories. We're just going to move on. While shop. While shopping at a Peoria, Illinois Walmart on September 20th, an unnamed 30-year-old woman filled her cart, but also added a few items to her backpack. Leggings, pencils, a quart of oil, and a Jesus Calling Bible. After she paid for only the items in her cart, a loss prevention officer stopped her before she left the store. Peoria police were summoned, reported the Peoria Journal-Star, and the woman explained to them that she was hoping the Bible would help her spiritually. She told me that it, sounded, uh, that it sounds strange, but she was trying to be more Christian, an officer reported. She was charged with misdemeanor theft, which is probably not a very Christian thing to do. More compelling explanations, how about this? After trying repeatedly on September 12th to pull over a Toyota Prius driving with expired tags on Interstate 5 near Marysville, Washington, a Washington State Patrol officer finally caught up to the car at an intersection and verbally instructed the unnamed 42-year-old woman driver to pull over, reported the Everett Daily Herald. How she was driving around with a license with no name on it is beyond me. Uh, She quotes, I will not. I drive a Prius, was the woman's reply. Hmm. The officer then asked her to step out of the vehicle, which she also refused to do, so he forced her out. I will own your bank account, she told him. I will own your house. When he asked her name, she responded, none of your business. Finally, she was arrested for failing to obey instructions, failing to identify herself, and obstruction. So that's what they're doing with these unnamed people. Finally, justice is being served. But seriously, I own a Prius? What kind of an explanation is that? I mean, just because you own a Prius doesn't make you a superhero. 
You're good to the environment, and that's cool. There's nothing else to be said about you owning a Prius. Alright, uh, our next story, no good deed. Tammy Hedges of Goldsboro, North Carolina, founded the nonprofit Crazy's Claws and Paws in 2013 to help low-income families with vet bills and pet supplies. So it was natural for her to take in 27 animals displaced by Hurricane Florence in September. Hedges treated many of the animals found in the streets or surrendered by fleeing residents with antibiotics and painkillers for fleas, cuts, and other ailments. For that, the Washington Post reported, she was arrested on September 21st for practicing veterinary medicine without a license after an official from Wayne County Animal Services visited the warehouse where the animals were housed. Kathy Davidson, a volunteer with Claws and Paws, said if she hadn't done when she, what she did, then they'll be charging her with animal neglect and cruelty. What was she supposed to do? Hedges was released on bond and, fortunately, the charges were later dropped. Good! I mean, yes, on, for one thing, if you're in an emergency situation and you have to evacuate, that means everyone in the house. That means you, that means whatever other uh, persons living there, whether adults or children, obviously, and that includes your pets. Bring your pets with you. Even if you think you have no way of taking care of them, you pretty much swore an oath to take care of them when you took them on. So they're still your responsibility. And for fortunately, this person here was here to take responsibility for the people who did not want to take responsibility. And I am glad those charges were dropped. Anyway, I feel like I'm crusading here. Let's just move on to the next story, bait and switch. Ironman triathlete Jaroslav Bobr Bobrowski, yes, uh, 30, of Landshut, Bavaria, was banned September 14th from running sushi, an all-you-can-eat uh, restaurant for eating too much sushi. The local Germany reported Bobrowski, a former bodybuilder, ate close to a hundred plates of sushi, which sent the restaurant into a panic and caused the owner and chef to tell him he was banished because I'm eating too much, quote. Uh, and he eats for five people, the owner complained. That is not normal. The guy's hungry. He's a triathlete. He expends a lot of calories. Maybe a hundred plates of sushi was a bit far. I will admit that, but... Eh, all, all you can eat does need to come with a limit, probably, because it gets expensive sometimes. Our next story... Wait, what? An unnamed 26-year-old British woman appeared at Nuestra Señora de la Candelaria Hospital Emergency Room in Mohan de Arona, Te Tenerife, in the Canary Islands, on September 15th, with extreme pain in her groin area. El Pace reported that the doctor who examined her was surprised to find a dead, immature Chinese pond turtle lodged in her vagina. Hmm. The woman told police that she, she had attended a beach party the night before, but could not remember what happened. Given that the freshwater species is sold in pet shops, it's not likely that it got there by accident. Police suspect that she may have been the victim of a sexual assault, but she chose not to file a complaint. 
Huh. Alright, next story, please. I'm not touching that one. People with issues. Yes. In what the Porter County, Indiana coroner later called a blatant disregard for human life, two men posted a video of themselves, quote, horseplaying with the third man, 21-year-old Kyle Kirby, who was slumped over, suffering from an apparent drug overdose on September 9th. The video shows one man uh, tying cords to Kirby's hands and manipulating his arms like a puppet, and the other pumping Kirby's chest and moving his mouth while singing, You got a friend in me! Yes, that's, well, that's the song. Uh, Kirby's father told the Times that his son returned home about 5.30 a.m. and went to bed, but later discovered him not breathing and covered with vomit. He died at the hospital. Porter County Sheriff Dave Reynolds said he does not suspect foul play. Still, though, the whole weekend with Bernie's thing... Weekend at Bernie's thing? No. No! Don't do that, people. Don't do that. Um, and what was your first clue? Well, maybe we'll find out with this next story. Romance novelist Nancy Crampton Brophy, 68, was arrested on September 5th on charges of murdering her husband, Daniel Brophy, 63, in Portland, Oregon, after apparently following her own advice written into a 2011 essay titled, How to Murder Your Husband. I mean, I guess that's appropriate. Um, in the essay, Crampton Brophy uh, suggests that hiring a hitman is, quote, never a good idea, and poison is traceable. Instead, reported the Oregonian, she allegedly shot her husband on June 2nd at the Oregon Culinary Institute, where Daniel was a beloved chef. Police did not release a motive, and a neighbor said Crampton Brophy, quote, never showed any signs of being upset or sad. On September 17th, she pleaded not guilty in Multnomah County Circuit Court, and her trial is set for October 26th. Okay, um, I'm trying to process that and I just cannot figure that one out. Anyway, these are people different from us, and so are the people in this next story. The Martin County, Florida Sheriff's Office has received repeated calls about a man in a Stewart neighborhood who conducts chores around uh, the outside of his house in the nude. I came out Sunday night to, pull the, to put the trash out and I look over and he is bent over winding up his hose and I'm like, that is my view of the neighborhood, Huff Melissa and uh, Melissa Nye to WPVF-TV on September 19th. Other neighbors are taking a more measured approach. Literally, they are the nicest people you ever meet. They would give you their, their clothes if they had them on to give them to you, neighbor M.A. Canterbury told WPTV. The Sheriff's Department says there is nothing they can do as long as the man is on his own property and not touching himself inappropriately. The nudist declined to be interviewed, saying he and his family are private people probably with private parts that are not very private. Our last story for today is one of weird science. <clears throat> it's been a banner year for the spider population of uh, Itolico, Greece, according to the Associated Press. 
fueled by a huge increase in the name and the numbers of lake flies which the spiders eat the spiders reproduce unusually fast and have covered coastal trees bushes and low vegetation with blankets of thick sticky webs the webs run along a few hundred meters of the shoreline in the Greek and the western Greek town and according to residents have the unexpected advantage of keeping mosquitoes away you know, some people don't like spiders. I'm not a big fan of spiders myself. But, I mean, they, they can they can definitely be useful. And also, just think, if you're walking through that on a day with, like, heavy, like, mist in the air, and the dude just gets caught on the spider webs, that just seems really pretty to me. I don't know about you, that just seems, like, super pretty to me. I don't want any of those webs on me mind you but it still looks pretty cool anyway that is it for the news let us take a look at the weather for today and for the week it is currently 15 degrees here in halifax light drizzle is falling right now uh, the periods of drizzle will continue throughout the night uh, where we're looking at a low of 14 degrees Saturday, September 29th, a 6% uh, chance of periods of drizzle and a high of 18 going down to a low of 8 at night and a few clouds. Uh, it's going to be clear skies for the next two days. Sunday, September 30th, a high of, of uh, 16 and a low of 8. Monday, October 1st, still clear skies all day and a high of 19 and a low of 6. Tuesday, October 2nd, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 14, going down to a low of 8 and cloudy periods at night. Wednesday, October 3rd, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 15, going down to a low of 11 and 30% chance of showers. And finally, Thursday, October 4th, a mix of sun and cloud and a high of 17 degrees. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, and let's get some music going.
And that was Make Me Real by Boy Meets Robot from the album Chiptunes Equals Win, Volume 7. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. And welcome back to Square Wave Symphony here on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax, your home for video games, chiptunes, and all things weird and geeky. I'm cool here if you don't know, and it is time for gaming next month. Yes, it is the last Friday of the month, which means we will be looking at the video game releases for October of 2018, starting with uh, October 2nd. We have three new releases. We have Forza Horizon 4 on Xbox One and PC. We have Fist of the North Star, Lost Parasite, uh, Parasite? Paradise for the PS4. And uh, the fabled Mega Man 11 is coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. That's all October 2nd. October 5th brings us two new games, Assassin's Creed Odyssey for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. And Super Mario Party is coming out on the Switch. Uh, Three new games on October 9th. We have Disgaea 1 Complete for the PS4 and Switch. We have the next installment of the World Wrestling Entertainment Series WWE 2K19 for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC, and The Occupation for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. October 11th, one new release, Child of Light is coming out for the Switch. Uh, October 12th, three releases, a re-release of Luigi's Mansion for the 3DS, uh, a re-release of The World the world Ends With You. Oh, was it the re-release or a new game? It's a release, anyway. Uh, the, world end with, uh, the World Ends With You final remix on the Switch, and Call of Duty Black Ops 4 is coming out on the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. October 16th, we have four releases for that. LEGO DC Super Villains for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. We have Starlink Battle for Atlas on the PS4, Xbox One, and Switch. Warriors Orochi 4 for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC. And For Honor Marching Fire for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC. Switch getting a lot of love this month. I like that. Um, Soul Calibur 2 is coming out on PS4, Xbox One, and PC on October 19th, as is Dark Souls Remastered for the Switch. Uh, Just Dance 2019 isn't giving up on the old systems. Wow, that is a long list. Uh, It's coming out on October 23rd for, get this, the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, Wii U, Xbox 360, and the original Wii. (laughs) That's kind of impressive, honestly. Um, on October 26th, we have two new releases, My Hero One's Justice for the PS4, Xbox One, Switch, and PC, as well as Red Dead Redemption 2 for the PS4 and Xbox One. Finally, Call of Cthulhu, the official video game for the PS4, Xbox One, and PC on October 30th. Um, new games might be added or removed from this list. You can check out GameInformer.com for any Um, up-to-date details on that and let's get some more music you're listening to square wave symphony on ckdu 88.1 fm halifax
And that was Everything Stays by Alex Sender, and you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. So, um, today, just to be different, I don't want to necessarily talk about a game. I want to talk about a show, and I want to talk about it fairly in-depth. That show is Mystery Science Theater 3000. This is a comedy sci-fi series created by Joel Hodgson, whose first episode aired November 24th, 1988. It currently spans 211 episodes over 12 seasons, with a 13th season currently in development, and an episode typically runs for about 90 minutes without commercials. There is also a theatrical release, which, ironically, ran shorter than any episode at a length of 74 minutes. The premise of Mystery Science Theater 3000, or MST3K for short, is that the main character, originally Joel Robinson, played by Hodgson, is sent into orbit by a mad scientist from the Gizmonic Institute and is sent bad movies to watch so that they can study its effects on him. Evidently, there used to be more equipment on the ship on which he was placed, the bone-shaped Satellite of Love, of Love, which allowed Joel to control the flow of the movies, but after watching a few, he decided that it was more important to create robots to help him joke through them uh, to better survive them. At this point, I'd like to point out that if you're wondering about any other more technical details about this show, or if you're starting to take this paper-thin premise too seriously, just repeat to yourself, it's just a show. I should really just relax. Before starting with this series, Hodgson mainly acted as a prop comic in Minneapolis, eventually moving to Los Angeles and managing to make appearances on both Late Night with David Letterman and Saturday Night Live. Eventually, he was offered a role in a sitcom by NBC alongside Michael J. Fox, but finding that the material just didn't land with him, he declined. What really got to him, though, is when NBC thought that throwing more money at him would change his mind. However, them doubling their offer had the opposite effect, causing Hodgson to develop a, quote, healthy disrespect for the, in- for the industry and prompting him to move back to Minneapolis. The concept of the show was a mix of several things. His distaste for the entertainment industry, an illustration in the liner notes for Elton John's album Good- Goodbye Yellow Brick Road, which showed two people uh, in a theater in silhouette watching a romantic film, and the 1972 movie Silent Running, which tells the which tells the story of the last crew member of a spaceship, with excuse me, which is transporting the Earth's last surviving forests. A pilot episode was produced for KTMA, now known as the CW, which featured a much different concept than what we're used to now. Hodgson was broadcasting from a ship that had left Earth after an an apocalyptic event where he was trying to communicate with anyone still on Earth who was able to listen. Only three robots had been designed at that point. The Wisecracking Crow, voiced by Trace Beaulieu, a very different gypsy gypsy than its later better-known form, whose voice actor, show writer J. J. Elvis Weinstein, spoke by inhaling and Beeper, who had a similar design to the later robot Tom Servo, but was all silver and spoke only by beeping. As Hodgson pulled an all-nighter to build the robots, he was exhausted, and he had a very sleepy, almost aloof demeanor to him. In fact, if you look at the pilot episode, at one point he nearly nods off. 
he decided to carry over this uh, to carry this over to the official show. The film featured in the pilot, The Green Slime, was actually not featured again throughout the entire series. The lesser-known first season of, of MST3K ran on KTMA back in 18 uh, back in 18 back in 1988 to 1989. To distinguish it from later episodes, it's often referred to as season zero or the KTMA season. These episodes started to follow the format fans know today, where Joel was sent into space for experimentation through bad movies. However, the scientist responsible for the experiment, commonly referred to as the Mads, didn't show up until episode 7. Dr. Lawrence Erhart, played by Weinstein, and perhaps more well-known Dr. Clayton Forrester, played by Beaulieu. In addition, Beeper was replaced by Servo, voiced by Weinstein, who would later be renamed Tom Servo. When asked why, uh, Weinstein basically just said, Tom Servo just kind of has a ring to it. The set was a lot more primitive, and the door sequence was quite different from what we know now, but all the elements were there, and a classic series was born. Although, uh, although positive feedback prompted KTMA to extend their original 13-episode run to 21 episodes, the station was undergoing financial hardships and ultimately had to declare bankruptcy. Fortunately, Best Brains, the production company formed by, Hodgson's, by Hodgson and KTMA's production manager Jim Mallon, retained the rights to the show, which they were allowed to keep when the Comedy Channel offered to pick up the show in 1989. The set was completely remade into the more familiar one we know now, and the equipment room at the, quote, Gizmonic Institute, where the mad segments were filmed, was replaced by a new set for an underground bunker called Deep 13. This came as a disappointment for Weinstein, who was upset at the fact that the riffs were no longer being improvised. Everything was scripted, which he felt was a drastic change to the show. In my opinion, this is probably a good thing. I mean, anyone who's listened to the first two seasons of my show have hopefully noticed the difference in quality between those and the current season. But not everyone feels that way, and so he left after the first season ended, uh, prompting the producers to uh, replace the roles he provided. Dr. Erhardt was replaced by TV's Frank, played by Frank Conniff, and Servo was thereafter voiced by Kevin Murphy. Still, the show was one of the few to survive when Comedy Central merged with the cable network Ha to become Comedy Central in uh, 1991, and they signed a contract for three more seasons. Eventually, however, Hodgson decided that he needed to step down from the show. This came from a number of factors. Best Brains was in talks with Paramount to create a movie based on the show, which clashed against one of his most fundamental reasons why he started the show in the first place. Aside from that, Paramount had much different ideas about what they wanted the movie to be and refused to give Best Brains any creative control. The battle for creative control didn't end there, though. Hodgson and Mallon were butting heads over how the show should happen. And so, by the middle of Season 5, Hodgson left, left the show, uh, which he did for the good of the show itself. In an interview with The Onion, and I know what you're probably thinking, but it's legit, I promise, he said, I was really happy doing it, and I realized that I'd turn into Jerry Lewis or something if I started to kind of hate it. And that's what was starting to happen. Just because of the, confli just because of the conflicts, 
I was internally having with Jim. I had a pretty good deal set up, so if I left, it would be okay. If Jim wanted to run the show his way and it succeeded, I would make money on it. And if it didn't work, that would be okay too. It was just kind of the way to do it. The thing would have blown up if if, uh, we both would have stayed there. During the episode featuring the movie Mitchell, Gypsy, voiced by Malin, uh, had overheard a plot which would potentially result in Joel's character's death. She found an escape pod, however, which Joel used to leave the ship immediately following the end of the movie. After this, the Mads sent Mike Nelson, played by himself, I guess, who was the head writer at the time, uh, up to the satellite of love. During the episode, he was in Deep 13 as a contractor, and, well, he ended up being in the wrong place in the wrong time. In addition, references to Gizmonic were removed as Hodgson owned the name. Problems kept surfacing for the show, however, however, this time for the network itself. In 1993, uh, Comedy Central started bringing about some changes. The show's promos, which were previously produced by Best Brains, had their funding cut. Promos for other shows started airing on top of the credits. The station graphic at the corner of the screen, as well as random jokes showing up across the bottom, covered up Joel or Mike and the bots. Episodes were recut so that they could fit into one-hour slots. Midnight reruns were stopped for a time. Most outrageously, earlier episodes nearly had several minutes cut out from them to make room for longer commercial breaks. Between the animosity created from these uh, and uh, the apparent falling ratings, Season 7 almost didn't happen. In late 1995, Doug Herzog stepped in as president of Comedy Central, and with some careful negotiation and a lovely set of snow tires as a welcoming gift, uh, they got a seventh season, despite it only being six episodes long. Well thing about short about such short seasons is that it doesn't do good things for ratings thus on march 14 1996 comedy central dropped mst3k from their lineup now remember that movie deal from a while back that summer when was when that happened except it was published by universal rather than paramount TV's Frank Conniff had already left the show at the end of season 6, and despite writer Mary Jo Pell joining the cast as Pearl, Dr. Dr. Forrester's mother, uh, she was excluded from the production. A new set, including a new door sequence, were created for the theatrical release, and as previously mentioned, the runtime is about 18 minutes shorter than a standard episode without commercials. During the movie, Crow made a quip about hoping to get on the sci-fi channel. Well, there's a reason for that. The following year, MST3K found itself on that very network for another three years. Now, there is a a fair amount of cast rearrangement. Dr. Forrester, having been reborn into a star baby at the end of the last episode on comedy, was no longer in the cast. Instead, the movies were uh, sent to Mike and the bots by Pearl, the sapien-speaking gorilla Professor Bobo, played by Murphy, and the brain guy from a strange race called the observers played by bill corbett in addition crow was was voiced by crow uh, by corbett sci-fi insisted that the show follow a progression so the whole segments were more involved pearl decides to travel through the universe and drags the satellite of love along with her having all sorts of barely sensical adventures along the way 
After going through a space-time continuum and returning to Earth, the Satellite of Love is placed into synchronous orbit with Castle Forrester, where Season 10 takes place, until finally, at the end of the season, its orbit decayed, and it crashed near Milwaukee, freeing Mike and the bots, who immediately decide to go home and watch the green slime. Hmm. The show's cancellation this time was from a number of factors. The progressive story was seen as tacky by many, the selection of movies available to the show were more limited, and the USA Network, which owned sci-fi, was far more demanding than comedy was. Eventually, the line was drawn, and for many years, that was it for MST3K. Of course, that's not to say that the spirit of MST3K was dead. Far from it, really. Mike went off to create Riff Tracks, Joel went off to create Cinematic Titanic, Bolu featured in the Mads Are Back. On top of that, many fans were following their examples. Fan fiction started being lampooned in MST3K style. I've played a ZZT game which was modified to include MST3K characters and riffs, and who's to say that Retsupere, hosted by Slow Beef and Diabetes, which lampoons bad Let's Play videos would be around if not for them. The list goes on. But about 10 years later, in 2010, Hodgson decided that thanks to the success of Cinematic Titanic, as well as the love that still existed for MST3K, he was going to figure out a way to bring the show back. The problem was that Best Brains was still around and Joel was no longer a part of it. Thus, despite creating the series, he basically needed to buy it back, which wasn't going to be cheap. It took a few years, but in 2013 he worked with Shout Factory, who was distributing home releases of the show, to negotiate with Best Brains, who in 2015 came up with a seven-figure amount. Well. By that time, Kickstarter was around, and so he took to that outlet to raise money. The campaign was successful. Co- ca- ca- excuse me. The campaign was successful, collecting over six million dollars. Where the original goal was to create up to twelve episodes, enough funds were made to produce fourteen, which are available on Netflix today. These new episodes feature a new cast. Kinga Forrester, Clayton's daughter, played by Felicia Day, decided to follow in her father's footsteps. She had the satellite of love rebuilt, built a base on the moon, and put out a call to the Gizmonic Institute for assistance. Jonah Heston, played by Jonah Ray, responded, but when he arrived at the moon base, he was captured and taken to the new satellite of love. Fortunately, the rebuild of the satellite of love also included new copies of Crow, now voiced by Hampton Yount, and Servo, now voiced by Baron Vaughn. However, Kinga, along with Max, TV's son of TV's Frank, played by Patton Oswalt, came to realize that it's not easy to keep this experiment on track, and hilarity ensued. Anyway, that's about it for this little history on Mystery Science Theater 3000. And I want to put that question out there. Which of the three hosts do you guys like best? I'm a little more partial to Joel, but I do see the um, the value of, um, of both Mike and Jonah. And I think Jonah has definitely earned his place in the series. Uh, so what is your guys' opinion? Make your voice heard over on the show's Twitter account at SquareSim, S-Y-M. 
Uh, so that is about it for that. Let us get into a little bit more music. You're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. That was Comet Kid by Dunder Patrullin featuring R- Rimdcraft, or Rhymedcraft, one of the two. And you're listening to Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax.
one was Jupiter Race by Game Genie Sokolov and that brings us to the end of today's broadcast fret not I shall be back of course next week with some more stuff and I rarely know what that stuff is going to be but you know, we come up with something pretty cool most of the time so I think it is worth taking the time to tune in to CKDU and also tune into the podcast version of the show and I'll get to, into that in a second but let us close this up as we always do and bid you a good weekend. Square Wave Symphony is based on the format of the Electric Leftovers podcast by Jason Parton of Low Bias Gaming, lowbiasgaming.net. News of the Rear is written by the editors at Andrews McNeil Syndication, newsoftherear.com. Gaming Next Month is powered by Game Informer, gameinformer.com. Segment Music by Format, Maneva Namiki, Noriki Kamikura, Simon Weddington, Sean Daly, Chibi Noise, and Ensnare. Stay tuned for the Astrology Show coming up next on CKDU, followed by the Witching Hour at 7 p.m. in the Vinyl Factory at 8.30. A reminder that there is a podcast version of the show that is available on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and TuneIn Radio. Just search for Square Wave in one word, Symphony, and you'll find it. Comments, questions, want your chiptunes featured on the show? Email me at squaresim at lowbiasgaming.net or get in touch on Twitter at squaresim, S-Y-M. You can also call the CKDU feedback line at 902-494-8041. This has been Square Wave Symphony on CKDU 88.1 FM Halifax. I'm Coolio if you don't know, and I'll see you guys next time.